0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Before we get into this episode, let's touch on a couple of things first. And first things first is my bookie, guys. We are still with them for a reason, and they're still with us. It's my bookie. Get in on this action while you still can. They're the best place to do sports book betting, really anywhere. Uh, they pay fast when you win. The ownership really cares. They have great customer service, and they offer crazy props all the time. If you've been listening, you know what we're talking about. Um, you don't have to keep taking our word for it. Just go check them out for yourself. Um, you know, If you do that right now, you'll get a 50% deposit bonus using promo code Capital Boys 25 That's CAPITAL B-O-Y-S-2-5. You'll get a 50% deposit bonus towards your bankroll. Go check them out. Um, they're not going to be around forever. Next up is Tick Splits. Um, give me just a second to talk about our new friends, the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. You know, unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges at Tick Splits, the price you see is the price you pay. Um, unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing sporting events, concerts, uh, Broadway shows of your choosing. Whatever you're buying tickets for, you need to go to ticksplits.com and enter the promo code ARMchair. That's capital A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R at at the checkout. You will receive a five percent off your total ticket purchase. That's ticksplits.com, tixblit dot com. Promo code ARMchair. And last but not least, it's just me today. It's been a wacky couple of weeks at Bosco's Boys. I've not been able to have on a few episodes now, and Scott is missing his first-ever episode to cheer on the Chiefs today in the freezing cold. So, Scott, we love you. Shout-out to Scott Wildcat. Give him a follow on Twitter. He does so much for Bosco's Boys. He's the man. And with all that said, we've got Matt Hall today from K-State Online. Let's start the show. It's the Boscos Boys podcast. It's a little bit different this time. First time ever that there's no Scott Wildcat, so I'm, I'm a little nervous, I'm swimming in the deep end. But we've got a familiar voice, sexy, sexy bald club, um, <laughs> Mr. Matt Hall from KSO. Welcome, Matt.
0: Hey, thank you very much. Uh, and I, I would say I would say I'm in that club. Clearly not the president. You know, maybe maybe a Brian Smoller. I would think might be our leader, but uh, I like to I like to claim membership, so appreciate you pointing it out.
1: Smoller, <laughs> I would say, is a pretty good nod for for president. I mean, he's, yeah, he's pretty ridiculously good looking.
0: Yeah, but, and somebody has to run the show. You know, I mean, run the show. Yeah, why not him?
1: I'm I'm fine with that. Um, so no beer of the pod today. I'm very ill. Just a little What's little coffee. Coffee. I wish I. No Bailey's in it this time either. What's
0: so just... the What's like the NyQuil of the pod? Do you have a brand?
1: Um, you know, usually when I do medications, I just I never buy a name brand. You should yeah. never do that. Don't get NyQuil. Just get the thing that's right next to NyQuil. That's the generic. It's gonna be like a fourth of the cost, and it's literally the exact same thing. So
0: how does How does that even work? Like how does you know, I'm probably ruining your, your show here, but how does that even happen? How is that a thing that people, like, I understand, is it just the packaging that people get excited about?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's just branding. That's what they see. They see yeah. NyQuil and they want NyQuil, but they never check the label. It's the exact same thing. So yeah. don't ever buy the brand. But, hey, you know, people, there's there's our tidbit of the show. That's our advice of the show. That can that replace can the take. beer or the pot. <laughs> it, it did. It literally did. So I guess we'll just hop right into it. We're going to start talking about k-state hoops and man it's been a hell of a ride in the last three weeks we thought the sky was falling and now you know we're we're in the sky hanging out on cloud nine (laughs) i don't i don't think even the most optimistic fans could have envisioned four straight wins and being tied for first after that o and two start
0: no i i sure didn't i mean for one i i remember when wade first got hurt um looking at the schedule and being really optimistic and saying well and this was before the Texas game even and saying well if if they could somehow go forward two, if they could you know if they could beat Texas um West Virginia and TCU at home and then somehow win at Iowa State or Oklahoma that would be great you know so I mean before I saw him play without Wade I thought that that'd be best case and then of course they lose to Texas at home by 20 without Dean. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm not sure they're going to get to four and two. Um, I mean, I didn't think they would at all. You know, like everybody, the, the Tech loss, I think, was fine. Uh, the way it started makes it feel worse than it was. But like anybody else, when they were 0 and 2, I was looking at West Virginia and thinking, man, they already have to win a game. You know, I mean, this is a must win already. And then they get down, you know, 17 to three, I believe, for the second game in a row, and they're down. 21 of the second half, so yeah. Anybody who at that point thought, well, you know, in about a week and a half they'll be four and two and in first place or tied for first place in the league, they're uh, they're smarter than well at least me, you know, because I wasn't I didn't I didn't see that that turnaround coming that quickly.
1: I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Even without even with not knowing that we started 0 and two, looking at the first six games is it's pretty daunting. I mean, I was very worried about. Texas, not, Texas is always, you know, it's always going to be Texas. They've got immense talent every year. Right. They're going to be tough. And then, you know, West Virginia, I know I did not anticipate, I mean, maybe, maybe smarter people than me knew this, but I did not anticipate no. that would be this bad. And we always struggle with West Virginia. Huggins has kind of owned us yep. this, even in Manhattan. So I was hoping that we would at best be, you know, 500 after that stretch and then maybe we could coast a little bit, but, I mean, we've done an outstanding job to bounce back after being 0-2. It's kind of ridiculous, but it's looking like that West Virginia comeback was the catalyst that we kind of all hoped it would be. What changed in that second half that's carried through to today?
0: I think, and I don't want to be the cliche guy to say it's what Barry Brown said, you know, to the team at halftime, but I think it's a combination of that, you know, and Barry more or less did tell the team against West Virginia – that if you don't think we can win or don't expect to win, don't come back out on the floor. Uh, I think the team took to that, and I think also it was probably, and I'm personally a big fan of of, of Cardi as a person and a player, but he wasn't playing well, and then he didn't get on the ground for a loose ball West Virginia, uh, and he didn't get back in the game. You know, so I think it, I think it was Bruce Weber telling his team through the way he played, you know, or gave minutes like, "Hey, I'm done giving out entitlement minutes, so you're not going to play Cardi," and then Barry telling them. Uh, don't come out here if you're not going to play. Those things combined with making, I think, virtually every shot they took in the second half (laughs) against West Virginia and scoring 50 against them in a half. Those were the things, you know. But it was talked about all along on your guys' show, in the media, you know, the more written media, whatever. Um, You know, how is this team going to handle the praise before the season? They probably didn't handle it pretty well. in those couple of things happening against West Virginia, getting down so much, having a guy benched and having your leader tell you don't come out here, I think was the last straw, you know, in a good way. And ever since then, they've been probably, you know, I mean, we talk about this, but, you know, ever since the second half of the West Virginia game, they're probably the best team in the Big 12.
1: Man, do we ever handle praise well? I, I honestly feels like we never do. But I, I know somebody brought that up on your boards once, but I feel like yeah. every time we're super hyped up, we kind of kind of lay an egg. But maybe that's just, I you know, even you... remembering the bad.
0: Well, it's both, right? I mean, you're not you're not wrong. I think you can find a ton of instances of K-State not handling praise well, and you'd be right, you know. But I think it's also what you said the second part, too. People remember, you know, remember the bad. Because, you know, if I wanted to be super specific about it, I could say, well, they just beat TCU on Saturday. You know, I mean, like as far as handling praise. Right. You know, everyone was praising them coming into that game, and how many posters were saying, oh, boy, this is the kind of game they're going to lose. But then K-State goes and wins it, and pretty convincingly. It was never in doubt. I don't think, at least in the second half, case it never trailed. And but you're not going to see all the all the people on Twitter or the message boards. And, I, and I, I'm the same. I'm not talking trash right now. Getting on there and saying, see, they handle success. You know, it's just it's just not as it doesn't get as broadcast. You know, as when things go not as well. It's just just this darn world we live in, I guess. You know, are you a millennial? Uh,
1: I don't know. I I, I don't know if so. I am either.
0: I was going to call you one just to be funny if you were, but I don't I know mean, if you are I mean,
1: probably. Or not. I might yeah, actually be sound, too young, but I'm not sure. Ooh,
0: you might be a cooler one. What are the, you what's, a
1: millennial? I think you
0: are. I don't know. I've argued about this because I consider myself a Gen Xer. And then someone said, no, you're a millennial. I was born in 1981. And then so I went and looked it up, and it seems like 81 is that line that's that's kind of <laughs> right on the fringe, man. I'm either, a, I'm either a Gen Xer or a millennial, but I claim Gen X because what generation sounds cooler than Generation X?
1: It's pretty cool. Well, I'm, you know. well, I'm 91, so I'm probably a millennial. But yeah. – uh, <laughs> we are going off on some very good tangents already. What I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a bad guest. Uh, this so. what happens when Scott's not here to whip us back right. into shape. You'd be um, like,
0: okay, guys, let's talk about Barry Brown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so are we finally seeing the team that we we expected to see this off offseason?
0: I kind of think so, you know, and it is one of those things where I'm sitting there yesterday talking to Nelson. It, it, it's always easy to say in hindsight, but I'm like, well, it's funny. You know, I, I guess – I'm rambling. The best way I can answer this is this. We were talking about where do you think K-State could be ranked, you know, in the polls. And I said to him, I said, this isn't going to happen. But if I had a vote and I was a voter and I was somebody who voted in number 12 or number 13 preseason, I'd probably vote a number 12 or number 13. Because when you were voting him at number 12, you know, before the season started, did you expect him to be better than 14 and 4, 4 and 2 in the Big 12, and, you know, tied for first in the league at this point? Probably not. That's probably about who you thought they were. And you, and you didn't also know at that time that they are going to play six games without Dean Wade in the first two Big 12 games they lost without Dean Wade. So I'm not saying they're the 12th best team in the country. That's where I'd vote them necessarily. But if the question is, are they who we thought they would be at this point, I think that's a good way to frame it. Because when you were voting them in the top 10 or around the top 10, what, did you think they'd be 16-2 and two and 6-0 and 0 in the Big 12 right now? You know, what were you expecting? I guess I just think that, yeah, right now they kind of do look like that that, that team. And I'd be interested to see if rankings start to reflect it. And in college basketball, there's probably nothing – rankings are fun. I'm all about them because I'm talking about them right now. I know they don't really mean anything, but I'd be curious to see if people, you know, start to course correct a little bit and say, well, I didn't have them in the rankings. But big picture, they're probably one of the top 15 teams in the country right now, so I'm going to do it. So I guess that's the best way I'd answer it, you know?
1: That's a great point. And I probably, you know, looking back, if I had to pick our record – before the season and cut it off at this point, it'd probably be exactly what it is right now. Maybe right. maybe a game better. I I probably would have picked us to beat Tulsa, but right. Um, you know, I I probably would have beat us. Well, let's see. Probably losses against probably you know Tech. We lost to Tech and maybe West Virginia before or no, definitely at definitely at Iowa State. But this right. is probably exactly where it looked like we were supposed to be. So I don't know if you can <laughs> obviously. Voting doesn't work that way, but that's probably a very fair point.
0: Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I think people have looked at it and said, well, some people might have had him beating Marquette. Some might have had him losing to him. Some might have had him losing to Vandy, you know, and they beat Vandy. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I probably, if I went back and looked, I probably have him a game better, you know, somewhere. They probably, I I probably have him a game ahead of where they are right now. Maybe they're 15 and three. But again, we didn't have the information at the time that if you told me, well, Dean Wade's going to miss six games. I probably wouldn't have them 14 and four, you know, at this point. Yeah, no so, chance. and again, you, you got to rank them based on what they are. And so it's totally fine that they're not ranked right now. I just wonder, yeah, you know, again, if you're looking at a big picture about where they stand overall, are they who we hoped or thought they would be? I think right now they are, you know, and we'll see if they continue to be going forward. But it's hard to argue against it. When your last two games are a fit, basically a 15-point road win at Oklahoma and a 10-point win over TCU and two games that you never trailed, you know, um, you're probably you're probably playing pretty well.
1: Yeah. So Barry started off the catalyst, um, and he kinda carried us a bit through this four game stretch, but how massive has it been to get Dean back much earlier than we anticipated huh. and, and already playing at, you know, a high level.
0: Well that's the thing. Your last point you just said is already playing at a high level because uh, he was helpful at Iowa State, of course. You know, the nine boards helped. The lines about him spreading out the defense weren't just coach speak or whatever. They were true. But he wasn't a major factor in that in that and that game, the way we expect Dean Wade to be, and so I watched that game and thought, well, it's great he's back, you know, because that means he's getting healthier. But then I thought to myself, it's still going to be three or four games until he's Dean Wade. Right. And um, and that wasn't the case, man. I mean, you saw it as well as I did he, at, at Oklahoma. One game later, he looked like Dean Wade. He was incredibly efficient, shot the ball really, really well, was aggressive, and then he was the same against TCU. I mean, and that and that surprised me. I because it, maybe I'd be I'd be curious to hear what you think, but he wasn't playing it great before he got hurt you know he was playing okay so he was playing all right and then he got hurt so I thought man we're in for a five or six game stretch where he's feeling his way back and then all of a sudden he's the Dean Wade we thought he'd be all season long almost immediately and it's made uh you're right Barry's been the guy and he deserves all the credit in the world but to have this Dean Wade back this fast was unexpected and yeah it's a big reason why all of a sudden they look pretty good again
1: I mean I genuinely think that that Oklahoma game was probably the best we've seen of Dean this year in terms of, you know, offensive aggressiveness. It looked to me, do you think that this was a deliberate coaching strategy that they immediately were like, let's just, let's just go to Dean immediately. If it works, let's get his confidence going. If not, you know, whatever, we still have, we still have our game plan, but it looks like they're like, give it to Dean every time down the floor, let's get him going.
0: I think, I think it's exactly what happened. I mean, we know it fortunately, because, Chris Nelson you know, is the smartest person on our staff. He asked Bruce Weber straight up yesterday in postgame. He, he rallied off like the first five or six plays that Bruce called against, and this is TCU, you know, right. um, but against TCU and asked him, he's straightforward. He said, hey, there are a lot of football coaches who script plays. Do you script plays as a head coach for, in basketball? Because he said, you know, you ran these five today where they scripted. And Bruce straight up said, yep, we sure do. Um, and he admitted, you know, honestly, that they do script their first five or six possessions of offense. And so for you to ask if they did it at Oklahoma, I'm sure they did, you know, because it looks like they do. But it's just fascinating because that's something we never I mean, maybe maybe I'm, you know, under a rock or whatever. But I don't think we hear about that, you know, with the point you just brought up. We talk all the time about Andy Reid or whoever it is scripting these first number of plays. It'll be know, Andy Reid reference today, um, <laughs> you know, scripting this. But in basketball, they do it, too. So I think you're right. I think they got in there and they said, well, we're going to tell Dean, you know, these first X number of plays are for you to shoot. And if you don't shoot, you ruin the offense. And uh, I think, and I think it worked. And he's done really, really well. And I think you were keen to catch it because it wasn't an accident. I think, I think they did it on purpose, and it's worked out for him.
1: Well, one, either that Andy Reid reference is either going to leave people I know because it's going to be after depressed. the depressed. Yeah, <laughs> but um. <clears throat> What are your thoughts on the nickname, the law firm Brown and Wade? Did you hear that? No, but
0: no, I missed it apparently, but I love it. Like, I laughed immediately, and I think it's fantastic. It's so I mean, good. It, I have not it heard it before. I'm sounds giving, exactly like one.
1: I'm giving credit to that announcer who I think coined it. I've, I've not heard that before. I think that's pretty good.
0: I think it's wonderful. I mean, and put them in, put them in suits, you know, with kind of a. Do you ever watch Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad or those kind of shows? Or anything?
1: I watched all of Breaking Bad and I yeah. watched
0: um, first first one so, and a half seasons of Better yeah. Call Saul, which is more than enough. So you get it. I mean, yeah. So those two in a suit with some like some neon colorful background and bad graphics on the bottom of the screen. Like I feel like you and I could put this together. You know, oh, it's like good. do you do you you know do you need rebounds? Do you need defensive tenacity? You know that kind of stuff. And then you're just flashing pictures of them in suits up at the screen looking serious like we we'd have to get pictures of them in suits but if we had those things we could get this law firm of brown and wade rolling
1: absolutely i've got a buddy you know out in la who's trying to write shows i'll yeah. send him a script
0: send him a script yeah we'll get, to, oh, we'll get to work
1: on it yeah and also i didn't i didn't catch you know i haven't caught nelson asking that i've i've been in a coma so if i repeat yeah. anything sorry no i, I probably Good. have missed a lot in the last like four or five days but, hey, we just capped off our four-game streak against TCU. We won 65-55 in Manhattan. Let's dive into that game a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. Did that game, I know you mentioned this kind of a little bit earlier, but did that game ever really feel in doubt to you?
0: No. I mean, there were a couple instances where I was surprised that TCU got back in it and give them credit. You know, they're without Quatnoy, who's one of their best players, maybe their best shooter. And there were three or four times in that game where I think they got it to 10 or 12 that I thought, this is over, and it's going to get to 20. And then TCU, Desmond Bain shot it well. Alex Robinson turned it over a lot, but he's a really good player. TCU would get it back to three or four, but every time that happened, it seemed like immediately Casey got it back to seven. And it was kind of the same, you know, against Oklahoma. Um, and so, no, I never got the sense that the game was in was in danger. Um, and I think that speaks to how, how much they've controlled the game, these last two games. Not only, like we said, have they led every second of them, it feels like they've led by 5-8 to eight or 10. And it was the same start, too. I mean, the Oklahoma-TCU games. Both games, they were up basically 8 nothing, 11-3, and it kind of felt like it was over. And it wasn't because, you know, Oklahoma and TCU are good teams and they hung around. But I think that's the thing that's as impressive as anything. The Iowa State game and even the West Virginia game, K-State was presented opportunities that they were fortunate to get, and they took them. Um, but the Oklahoma and the TCU games, they were just the better team from, you know, from tip to the end of the game. And it wasn't ever really in question.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had zero confidence that we would we would even win that West Virginia game, even when we're right. winning with a minute left. But, yeah, I mean, the TCU game was just one of those odd games where you're in control the entire game, but TCU just wouldn't die. I mean, right. <laughs> credit to them, you know, they'd be a really, really tough team if they were at full strength, so I kind of feel for them. I like TCU. Dixon's, I do, too. Dixon's real solid.
0: <clears throat> and he's very complimentary of K-State. I mean, you know, you get these postgame pressers and – and we could judge all these coaches and that kind of stuff. But Dixon is one I really like, too, because it comes off super genuine. And I think he believes K-State's really good. You know, I think he believes this team could have done some different things to win the game. And he's probably right. They've played a lot of close games with K-State. But I'm with you. I'm a Jamie Dixon guy for sure. And I'm also pulling, you know, for TCU to have, to have a great season.
1: So Barry cooled off a bit yesterday ended up with 10 points dean you know kind of continued his good form with 15 but the main man was x who led yep. all scorers with 18 points how big was that for his
0: confidence big and i think bruce weber was thrilled about it because he's been trying to tell us for and, and people are listening but for three or four or five games how well x is playing even without scoring and, and bruce kind of walked in there and he i felt happy i think he felt happy to say well they'll understand this time because he had 18 points and shot it well and was efficient um, and, and that was great for him, but I think for X, it, I don't know. I think it helps. You know, no know that about it. Make, we've talked about this a lot, you know, making shots is a lot about confidence and, and it helps for him to have that confidence, but I don't know. I, I think he really has graduated to the point that he doesn't care, you know, much about his own game. I think he is one of those players now who's just as happy to say that, oh, I shut down Mariel Shayok or Desmond Bain or whoever it is. And if he gets 12 to 18, that's awesome. But I, I don't think he needs that first confidence as a player. But as a shooter and an offensive contributor, like you mentioned, it is huge. Yeah. Um, because, because, yeah, Barry can have four straight games where he misses every shot and it's not going to matter, you know, as far as his confidence. But for X, you're right, it does. And I think him having some go down and getting some confidence going, this will make him that much more difficult to defend. Because he. it's been a little while, it feels like, since he had a game like this, at least offensively.
1: It seemed to me that he passed up a lot of open shots yesterday yep. and kind of deferred to driving. Do you think that that has to do with his the confidence in his shooting right now, or do you think that was maybe a coaching adjustment, and they kind of
0: whispered in his ear a little bit? I think you're right. I think it was the first thing, and I think he's, he did still do that yesterday, and, and Bruce Weber even commented yesterday, and this was about X, so you didn't miss this, but he commented that you used to tell Dean, you know, you can't be more open than open. You know, there's no more open right. than open. And if you pass off, if you pass that up, you're going to you're going to mess up our offense because the shot we're going to take later on will not be as good. And I think I think you did say it with X sum yesterday. I think I think if I was going to criticize K-State offensively over the course of the season, I would have taken the route you just mentioned, not about ball movement or do they run an offense, blah, 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 but about passing up open shots, because I do think that's been an issue. Whether it's particularly about among X, uh, Cardi and Mike McGurl at times where they will get on the second or third pass of a possession, a great look, whether it's from three or whatever. But in their head, it's either not confidence in the shot. They think it's too early in the possession, whatever it is, they make that extra pass. And inevitably, that possession ends with Cam or Barry taking a contested 17 footer. You know, right. and uh, and you know, so I, I think he, even though he played boy yesterday, he still did it. I don't think it's coaching. I think you're right. to it suggest it's confidence or, you know, just just believing it's the best shot. And I think that's the next the next step for this offense. I mean, is, is not being afraid. You know, Barry's going to take that shot and Cam's probably going to take it. And Dean's probably going to take it. But they need those other guys to take those shots when they get them or else it does make offense harder.
1: Right, we'll definitely touch on this a little bit later, but 60 of the 65 points were, were scored yesterday from the starters. Is yeah. that something that you're concerned about? I feel like our starting five, you know, is as good as almost anyone, but we're right. kind of lacking that depth contribution. Uh,
0: yes, I am. I think that's the, the biggest concern. Like the starting five, you're right. I bet it would be fun, a fun activity to take some time and go down the league or the top 25 and ask which top – which starting fives you'd really take over K State's because it's probably not a bunch. But after that, it's been, it's been not great. And I think that's a surprise. I mean, right? I think, I think that was probably, at least me, and this is somebody who, you know, would come on your show and say they could rank number one or and go to the final four and all those kind of things. And I was basing that in large part because I thought they would have so much depth. I thought Cardi would be, uh, you know, sixth, you know, sixth starter, you know, I mean, that quality. I thought Mike McGurl was going to take a jump. I thought Austin Trice was going to be able to con- contribute, uh, more than he has. And if you talk about those three guys, Cardi's been really inconsistent. Mike has played pretty well as of late, and that's made a difference, but he still hasn't been, you know, the Creighton Mike McGurl that we thought we'd get all that we wanted to get all the time now. And then Austin Trice, who I really like, and I think he's a great guy and might still have a chance to contribute, but let's be real right now, he's not giving anything. So after those first five, you're right, they're not getting a lot. Levi Levi Stockard is struggling. So the only time right when I think K State felt like they're in danger yesterday or I guess Saturday was when Mac got two quick fouls and they had to go without him because when Mac was in the game um, he's not K State's best player but they were a much better team than TCU and you're right that's the concern but you have to hope you know if, if they could get you know Cardi and Mike playing better and then either Levi or Austin contribute they should be fine but those aren't things that have happened consistently yet and that'd be my biggest concern too is is can they play all those guys? 34 minutes a night you know meaning the main four or five and get away with it because right now they kind of have to it seems like
1: yeah let's touch on Mac a little bit another game where he was you know limited to time due to foul trouble he only played 19 minutes but you know I thought he made the most of those minutes he only had eight points but when he was in there he was a definite force um what can we do to get Mac to stay on the floor
0: that's the greatest question. I mean, I thought he was really good yesterday too. Just like I thought he was really good against uh, against Oklahoma. But you're right. It's the it's the minutes. I mean, 19 from a starter is not enough. And it becomes. And, and I know this isn't your question, but it becomes one of those things. It's better than five, which he's done. You know. I mean, I'm random side note. I remember when I was doing the grades after every game. You know, I remember giving Mac like a C after a game, and everyone just killed me for it. Like, do you not see how well he played on defense and everything? And I think he played six minutes in that game. <laughs> I told people, I was like, guys, he is the starting center, and he played six minutes. I'm not going to be able to give him an A, you know, for staying on the floor six minutes because he fouled out. But, but no, I mean, I know, I know this wasn't your question, but I, I, with him, I I wonder if you have to consider leaving him on the floor with two fouls once in a while which is not what Bruce Weber does. And I can understand why he doesn't because of what we just talked about. He might foul out in five minutes if you do that. But I think they have to question it or at least really stress to him, you know, Mac, this is a 40-minute game. Please, 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 in the first five minutes on every screen you set, make no effort to move and get a net little more of them. You know, if, if it is not your man, do not come challenge the shot. I mean, like I wonder if they have to get that specific with him going forward because – he needs to be. You know the other guys are going to play. Other than when Dean fouled out in I think seven minutes at Marquette, you know the other guys are going to play with their fouls. I think with Mac, you're going to have to go to the level of being incredibly specific about when he needs to be aggressive and not because he's he's had a hard time managing that. And that's like you kind of brought up. That's kind of the biggest weakness. If K states starting fives on the floor, they're going to be really good. If they're not, um, they're they're pretty beat, pretty beatable.
1: Right. Come on, Mac. Get it together.
0: Get it together. Come on. <laughs> it's, a,
1: it's another game where we held our opponents to their season low. You know, this offense, when it is struggling, steals and points off transition, continue to be the bread and butter. TCU ended up with, what, 18 turnovers. Right. Uh, what makes us so elite defensively? Is the system that good? Or have our player, are our players truly individually that elite at defending?
0: Oh, man. The ultimate cop-out answer, which I'm going to take, but then I'll explain some more, is, you know, a combination of yeah. both. Um, I mean, it is. But 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 I mean, let's look at it. Right. I mean, Barry and X are elite defenders. So, I mean, everything they're doing and you probably, to be quite honest, could throw Mac in that group. I mean, you watch the way that K-State defends the screen and roll or, or you know, that everybody uses every possession. TCU did every possession, like with Mac and against, say, Levi. And I'm not here to knock Levi, but I mean, it is night and day different. So you've got three guys there who are, you know, borderline very good to elite defenders. Dean Wade is, is at least a plus defender and maybe even a good defender. You know, he's, he's at least above average to good. Um, and another guy you can switch on every person on the floor. And then, like I always used to say, Cam Stokes is the most underrated defender on the team, not because he's a great defender, but people act like he's this trash defender. And I tell people all the time, like, you can't be a, the, one of the best defenses in the country when your point guard plays 35 minutes a game if he's just trash. Like, it's not possible. Yeah, we
1: defended Samuel down, down low in yeah. the block for a solid ten seconds.
0: Yeah, he I mean he's he's a he's a much more willing uh active defender than people give him credit for. He's just you know lacks size and he's gonna have guys get beaten because of that. But so it is the players and then just the system too. I mean, the way that, that how quick they rotate and how surprised teams are by their rotations and how and how fast they are is a lot of fun to watch. And I think they're one of the few teams, right, you know, who probably takes more pride in defense than scoring. Everyone says that, but no one really means it, you know. I, I think yeah. K-State, K State, Virginia, Texas Tech, you know, a few other schools probably legitimately would rather win a game 58-55 than 95-92. you know, 92. And I think K-State's one of those teams. So you combine those two things, um, and that's probably why they're so good on that end.
1: Yeah, if you're a Bruce Weber hater, the least you can do is, you know, applaud his ability to coach a defensive team. I mean, he's right. just – he is genuinely top tier. That staff knows defense better than a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of coaches in this right. country. So you got to give him credit. Oh, so no doubt about it. Big time game Tuesday. Um, kind of feels, kind of feels like KU did last year. It's slightly different. There's a lot of, going to be a lot of hype and a lot of hope going in for the chance to be in first place. You know, with a win, and we kind of laid an egg last year. Definitely. What's your initial confidence meter telling you?
0: I mean, this will shock you, you know, being me, but it's pretty high. Um, <laughs> you know, I I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Texas Tech has really handled K State. You talk about West Virginia owning K State, and you're right. They had Texas Tech has too. I mean, when, when was the last time they uh, beat Tech? I think 1987, <laughs> something like that. I think they had um, Darvin Ham and Tony Beti. I don't know if you might be too young for those guys even. Anywho, they've really handled K-State. You know, I mean, you think of that, K- that Texas Tech-K-State. You mentioned the KU game last year in Manhattan, this feeling like that, and you'd be right. But that Tech game, too, was a game where it K-State had a shot, and Texas Tech just physically dominated them. Um, all that said, I just – I just, and I, and I like Texas Tech. You know, like everybody else, I like Chris Beard. I like Jared Culver. I like their program. I just genuinely believe they are not as good as people either want them to be or believe they are you know, because they played so hard non-conference, they played so well with Duke, you know, they started up 4-0 in the league, we had every reason to believe that, oh my gosh, Texas Tech's just as good, you know, but when in the back of their mind, you're like, yeah, but beyond Culver, what do they have, you know, and then now they, they lose at home to Iowa State, and then they go lose relatively, not competitively, to Baylor on the road, so they're, they've they lost two games in a row, now, and now you start to think, okay, is this who they really are, you know, are you know, because they K-State even, without Dean Wade, was down 20 at their place and came back and got it to one. So I, I, I just think K-State might be the better team. And again, it's going back to the if we, if we look at who we thought they were going into the season, not not what our narrative has become because of what's happened overall, but if you go back to who you thought they would be and then look at their records now, you can tell yourself, well, K-State's probably better than they are, and they're at home. So I, I would think it's a game, if K-State wants to be a big pool champion and they say they want to, like, it's a game you just have to win. It's not a must-win in the sense of going into the tournament or right. all that stuff. But if you're going to be the Big 12 champion, you have to beat Texas Tech at home. Absolutely. And I and I and and my early thought is I think they will. I think it'll be hard. You know, Tech's really good. But I just – I think uh, – or at this moment, I think K-State will beat the Red Raiders on Tuesday night.
1: <laughs> all right. I'll ask you this. So Tech is coming off two straight losses, Right. right. So without going into, like – without trying to influence you or push you or giving give you too much specifics. How are you looking at that? Do you think that helps or hurts us? If you know oh, what I, I
0: mean. okay. I do, I do. Um how about how about helps? Again, this and that's the positive way. I know the hurts could be well tech desperately needs this now and two game losing streak, they can't lose three in a row and that would all make sense. But right, I guess I want to
1: see if you think does that does that really matter? Make the case for why it, it doesn't really matter or does oh, matter. I but don't know you're, you're on up. the right track though.
0: Well, if the question is that, I think all that stuff's overrated, right? I mean, I think it's stuff that you and I got to talk about because, you know, you got listeners and we got, we got, right. and, and I didn't think there, I think it plays in, but I think all that kind of stuff, history, everything is so overrated. So I don't know that it matters a lot if that's really the question. I, I think when the game tips off and as they're preparing, no one's going to be thinking, man, we've lost two in a row. We got to win this one. In case they not going to be thinking, boy, they've lost two in a row. We got them. But I think going in from a confidence thing, if you're going to put anything into it, I think it would slightly help K-State because, uh, you know, I I think there's no reason to look at Tech and think these guys are world beaters who we can't beat, and I don't think you want that against a team who's kind of controlled you as of late. So if anything, it probably helps K-State, but I'm just a a big believer that those kind of storylines, while, you know, fun to talk about and necessary, will probably have a pretty small impact on what really happens.
1: Well, I guess I'll throw this back at you. I think it – I mean, it's got to matter somewhat. I mean, K State started 0 and 2, and I think that absolutely affected. That's true. Their, their that's desperation. true. About that. They were probably like, right. guys, we Barry Brown, hey, don't come back on the floor. They got right. desperate, and they, they, they've certainly changed things since then. So I
0: don't know. Well, like, that's totally true. I guess I would just look at it in the terms of like. And I think what you said is fair, but k State season was about to be lost. You know, right, right. like, I mean, that. when I think Texas Tech, they could tell themselves that. They could do the same thing and say, guys, we can't lose three in a row. Like, but they would know that's not true. They weren't preseason number 12. They weren't preseason number two in the Big 12. You know, like, and that's not setting their bar lower, but they, they have to know in their minds this actually isn't do or die. Absolutely. You know, where now they can convince themselves it was, and I'm sure Chris Beard will tell them it is, and maybe they'll believe it. And if they do, then you're right. It will have an impact. I just think, People are too smart, you know, for Tech to really kind of sit in their dorm rooms. They probably don't have dorms; it's probably fancier, you know, to sit in their sit in their apartments and say, "Dude, we can't lose this game." Like, I don't think they're really saying that yet, but but you probably know, not. who knows? Who it's, knows? We'll just, see.
1: The cynic in me thinks it hurts because it's just, you know, I have a hard time seeing Tech losing three straight, but but reality, see, I fall to that trap too. I in do reality, the same thing. Every game, you've said it recently. Every game yep, could, exactly. should stand alone. Um, I don't know. Have a hard
0: time seeing us. I'm the same way.
1: Like you said, you know, you have a hard time seeing us winning back-to-back road games against ranked opponents. When in reality, those two games are completely disconnected and have no effect right. on each other whatsoever. But it's it's really hard to see it that way.
0: Oh, totally. I fall into it. I fall into it all the time as well. You know, it, it, whether it is recent history or long-term trends, like that stuff influences you, and it and it does influence things to a point, but. But yeah, you know what? Well, here's the thing. It'll help K-State for me to say that. So, and I'm, you know, gonna just say, gonna just say, no, it's not gonna be an issue. But yeah, I mean, I think it will create urgency for Texas Tech. It could help both teams, as crazy as that sounds. It could create urgency for Texas Tech, which is needed, but it could also take a team that K-State has seen as one that it, to be quite honest, can't beat for the last few years, and now they look beatable. So maybe it helps. Maybe everyone wins. You know, everyone wins, man. Everyone wins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I just checked the most recent Ken Palm defensive rankings and tech is number one at the top. Oh, we've seen that can't be... I know, right? I didn't think it was, but they were sitting one. So we've seen <laughs> some serious improvement offensively from the Cats since the second half against West Virginia. Can we continue that trend, or do you foresee us struggling against this Tech D? I,
0: I think it's going to be a struggle. You know, they are legitimately very good. They've had a couple of rougher outings, which is why I kind of joke about the Ken Palm thing, you know, because I think Iowa State got in the 70s on them. I think Baylor did too. You know, maybe Iowa State was in the high 60s. I don't have it in front of me, but I know Baylor got in the 70s, low 70s against them. But overall, Tech's been really good defensively. I know they held Duke down pretty well. They've held everyone down pretty well. And I think they're legitimately good. You know, same question about, you know, K State earlier. Why are they good? Is it their system? Is it their players? You know, same question for tech. And I think it's kind of the same, the same answer. So I think K State will go through some rough stretches in this game, but man, I think tech will too. You know, so and I know that wasn't the question, but I, I don't, I don't, if K State gets to the mid to high sixties, I would actually be surprised because I think these are two teams who will be thrilled to have 30 second offensive possessions. Um, and, and keep those limited and play good defense. So I, I think it'll be an offensive struggle for K-State, but that doesn't mean, you know, that the game has to necessarily go bad.
1: I tend to agree. I think it'll be an offensive struggle both ways. But we touched on this a little bit earlier. I said we would come back to it. But, hey, if we want to have a genuine conference title bid this season, we're going to have to get more from our bench. Um, yep. We're getting very little production right now, and when we do, it's, you know, super streaky. Take, streaky, take McGirl for example. You know, he has – this offensive explosion against West Virginia and since then he's only taken seven shots in three games
0: that's crazy I didn't didn't realize that yeah
1: is this a is it just a confidence issue or are guys being coached to defer to the starters I I mean I can't understand why the bench is both playing so tentative and honestly it doesn't even look like they're taking taking any opportunities or getting any opportunities to score it's bizarre
0: (laughs) It is, and I wonder, as you say it, if, if it's a situation where they're overcorrecting. You know, when we had Coach Lowry on last week, he talked about – he thought some guys – he didn't name names, but I think he meant Cardi and Mike specifically. Some guys who
1: – In reality, were, it is those two guys that
0: yeah, make such a huge honest. difference right. to this team if they are yeah. hiring. So. Exactly, and, and I think he, he had this – he kind of talked about learning roles again. And where Mike and Cardi, you know, had played big roles in the tournament or late in the season, then they had good off seasons and were really competitive with Barry and Cam and those kind of things. So they came into the season probably looking at themselves as Barry and Cam's equals. And then then they tried to play that way, and it didn't work. And then the season started, and, and I think K-State had to remind them. And they learned it themselves because, Carrie, I just combined them. Barry and Cam were playing better than them, you know, that, hey, you're still not the lead, the lead dogs on this team, you know. And, and I think they learned that and accepted it, which was good, but now maybe they've overcorrected to the other side because of what you're saying. Are they passing up looks because they know they're not as good as those guys. And it's, it's fine in the sweet spot because you're right. Like K-State wants to win the big 12. They're probably not going to be able to do it. Just hoping their starting fives, never gets in foul trouble and plays perfect every night. So yeah, I'm with you. Those are the guys that have to figure out their role, um, which is that sweet spot between being passive and, deferring to the starters um, and also knowing when it's their time to hit a shot or when it's their time to make a difference because the other guys aren't playing. And, and that'll be the tricky thing to find, but I'm totally with you. Like they're not going to win it unless those guys, unless we can look back and say, yeah, Barry and uh, Barry, Cardian, Cardian um, Mike, and even maybe Levi, you know, did have games where they were the difference because it hasn't been happening other than like you said, that West Virginia game and Cardi had a nice game at Iowa state. There've been spots here and there, but not, not as consistent as, as you would have hoped for going into the season.
1: No, I mean, somebody's going to have to step up. It cannot be just the starting five. We've seen how bad we've seen this season, how bad we can get when we're, when our starting guys are in foul trouble at Marquette. Right. I mean, we were atrocious. We couldn't get it. That was rough. I mean, yeah. That was probably the worst, you know, foul trouble game I've maybe ever seen, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping slowly but surely we'll get there when it starts to matter.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm, and I'm the same. And man, a couple of weird games. Now I'm, I'm probably taking it off track again, but that Marquette game was crazy for foul trouble, and then the Tulsa game being the opposite, where I've never seen a team, you know, <laughs> have no fouls. <laughs> I mean, in the last few minutes of the game to where neither team, you know, could put somebody at the line. Yeah, just a couple of weird games there, but they did affect, you know, negatively both times. I mean, so, yeah, if K-State's going to have its full starting five, like you said, it's an issue, and uh, it's going to happen at some point. You know, they're going to have games where they're not available, so uh, those two definitely need to step up.
1: What was that game, 48-47? I could go ahead and yeah, black, black that Yeah, 46 out of my something
0: memory. like that. And the crazy thing, too, is, and we talked about this, and it's so dumb to say, but the most overrated thing in in assessing teams, and I'm ready to sound, you can criticize me here, is wins and losses. And I know that's all they play for, and I get it. Like, that's the only way you can do it. But that Tulsa game, for example, like if Cardi's tip had fallen in, which it almost did, no one would ever talk about that game again. They'd say, well, that was ugly, but K-State won it, you know. But because it didn't fall, it was this atrocious performance, you know. And I know wins and losses are what pay the bills and what make a difference. But it just is funny how simple you know, one one different make-or-miss or outcome can make you feel like a game was terrible or eh, not so bad.
1: Hey, not a lot of teams are going to hold Tulsa to 47 points this year. That's so right. That's predicts. right. That's a badge of honor. All right, man. Texas Tech, give me a couple predictions yeah. here. Final score and leading scorer, who you got? Which
0: Final team? score. And you know what? Scott Wildcat's not on here, but if he was, I know he'd be thinking – Matt's going to give eight different scores over the course of the next four (laughs) days, which is true, Um, true. but I'm going to lock one in right now and say it, and I'm going to stick to it. I like K-State 58-55, and I believe the leading scorer will be Dean Wade, not Barry Brown, you know, maybe 16, 17, something like that, but K-State 58-55, Dean Wade leads the way offensively. Okay,
1: I'm going to go 60-58, Cats. I had Dean, but I'll, I'll pivot to X. I think X continues to build off of that that breakout game he had, and he's going to terrorize the Red Raiders. Now, I want you to give me two keys to V. I'll give us one, and I'll start it okay. off. Limit those scoring droughts. We've done a much better job in this four-game stretch of not going completely anonymous you know, on offense for long stretches. Our worst one this season came against Texas Tech. We got down 14-0 we got to continue to avoid those to be successful and get a W on Tuesday.
0: That's the best key to V. I mean, so I'm going to take the second and third best, which would be similar to the first game, make somebody other than Culver beat you. I think Culver only had, I don't have it in front of me, but he only had like nine, six. I don't think he's in double digits against K-State. The game in Lubbock was Barry Brown did a great job. So I think that philosophy will, will and should work if you can make it happen again. Uh, and I think number two or number three, however ranking these, is that atmosphere in Bramlage better be the best it's been in years, like to be quite honest. Yeah. I mean, I just think they deserve it. You know, the students back, no one, have not had a good crowd really all season. TCU was okay. Um, but, you know, they're tied for first. The game's for first place. They've won four straight. K-State needs to have a real home court advantage in that game. Um, and I think if they do, those other two things, you know, the scoring droughts and Jarek Culver, May not be as hard to deal with. So K State controls two of them. People like you and me kind of control the other. Although I can't yell from Press Row, but I could certainly stare at somebody if I if needed. And uh, a, I think those
1: bring a laser pointer.
0: I could. I told Mason both of K Man. He has to yell Mac Attack every time he scores, and he mm-hmm. told me no. But it was loud enough in there that every time Mac dunked, Mason did scream Mac Attack. You know, and <laughs> was able to get away with it. So yeah, laser pin means stare Mac Attack something. But I think that's the one we can control. And then if K-State can take care of the scoring droughts, like you said, and Jarrett Culver, then they'll have a pretty good chance to get a big win.
1: Uh, I really hope the crowd's good. I don't have a lot of faith in our, our fans to show up. There's so many tickets available right now. Right, uh, I saw, right? which is, you know, scary. As, but as low they, as, like, $2, I saw. 2 bucks, yeah. As long as yeah. the students show, hey, they're back in town. It's a big game. Right. I hope that just hope the word gets out that, you know, everyone's caught up and knows what's going on. But Right, me too little bit of a pivot here. Four-way tie at the top of the conference right now. People are saying Big 12 is as open as it's ever been. Do you actually believe that?
0: People say that every year. I have a good friend last night who said to me, "Man, I think KU is as vulnerable as they've ever been." And I told him, "I was like, you tell me that every year." And he's it, like, "It feels that way." He's like, "Yeah, I think I do." So, I, but the funny thing is that it might be true. I mean, it really might be this time because <laughs> if you look at if you look at the top four. You know, uh, K-State's already, you know, won at Iowa State and Oklahoma. Texas Tech hasn't – their only top four win is against K-State at home without Dean Wade, and they've lost to Iowa State at home. You know, Iowa State has lost to K-State at home. KU hasn't beat any of the top four, and they have this loss to an 0-5 West Virginia team, and their only road win is five points over a Baylor team that lost their best player for the season the day of the game. I mean, so I I guess my point is, like, if you wanted to – in K-State – is the only team who has, you know, they, they have a road loss to one of those top four teams, but a road win over them, too. So, K-State's probably, just from that perspective, in the best shape. And then you look at TCU's good. Uh, Oklahoma, I think, is pretty good. Texas, is, I got I finally admit, it's better than I think. I think even Baylor somehow is not trash. So, I think, yeah, it is probably on paper in real, and in reality as open as it's ever been. But until until Kansas gets, like, two games back of somebody and then doesn't win it, they're still, of course, the smart pick because, uh, well, they win it every year.
1: I think they were two games back last year, like midway. Oh, they probably
0: were. You're right. Okay, until until KU gets like nine games back, <laughs> then <nine games laughs> Then I'll say, yeah. Then I'll say, okay, it's over. Um, but I, I, so I get it. But man, people just say it every year. So until it happens, I'm going to be very much on the KU's going to win it. Um, train. All right, well, a,
1: let's a let's argue about it. Okay. Why don't you argue why KU is going to lose this year, and I'll tell you why they're going to win. Because Why
0: amazing. they're going to lose. Okay. Um. Again, so their schedule, they still have to play road games at K-State, at Texas Tech, and at Iowa State. No, wait, at K-State and at Texas Tech. They have Iowa State at home. So they still have to go to the – and they still have five games left against those top four. I think that's the most of any team left in the league. So I don't love their schedule compared to their peers. They, unlike the years in the past – they don't have the Frank Mason, Devonte Graham. They don't have that senior guard who's going to carry them through it. Instead, it's a you know it's a junior transfer in, in Diedrich Lawson who's every bit as good of a player as those guys and probably better, but he's not going to have the ball bringing it up the floor, controlling it every possession. So I think I think that's the difference. And they just don't you know losing Azabuki is a monster for them. I tell you, that's the player K State feared most even last year on their team. It wasn't Graham. It wasn't. It wasn't even, uh, who's the guy who left early? Um, the guard they had, what's, I don't know, how can I remember this? Who had a big tournament? But either way, it was, it was Azabuki. <laughs> I mean, who was it who left early? It was a transfer they had for one year. I can't believe I forgot this, who so they had such a big year last year. I'll look it up, but, um, but it was, it was always Azabuki, who they thought KU's biggest problem was for them. So for them not to have him, for them not to have a guard, and they have, you know, Dotson and Grimes, they have guards, I know. But for them not to have that, I think, is what makes it different than the years past. And I think there's probably been some distraction created by the Adidas stuff. And, I, and, again, I'm just somebody who, you know, 10 minutes ago said that stuff gets overhyped, and I still believe that. But I think there was was part of it. I mean, I think they were have been worn down a little bit by it. So I think if I'm arguing against them, it's, it's those reasons why I wouldn't pick KU, you know, to uh, to win it again.
1: I think those are very fair. You touched on a lot of good stuff. But I'll tell you why they're going to win. Because it's KU, you know they've done it 15 yeah. years in a row. They got the toughest home court advantage called college basketball. Yeah, they got the best coach in the conference, um, and probably the most talented team. <clears throat> they tend to start slow, I think, sometimes in the league. But by game 10 or 12, they're gonna, self's going to have those guys running like a well-oiled machine, and it's going to be business as usual. You know, they have the mental edge, they have a physical edge, and I just think the conference is going to eat itself again before KU implodes. Um, I don't think Tech is really that tough of a place to go to win games. Um, they've got a huge mental advantage over K-State. They've yep. what? How many times have they beat us in Manhattan in the last? I think like I think like a hundred of think. the last hundred and two. It's just crazy. So I just don't see it. I don't see it yet. But if I were to argue, I would say that the biggest. If I were to argue what you did, I think. Th- Honestly, the most important thing beside Azubuki is they don't have that senior leadership at guard. I mean, that's yeah, that's huge, and we've seen it already. Mason and you know Graham bailed them out so many times last year.
0: It was Malik like Newman was the guy I couldn't ah, think that's of. That's right. Yeah. They had a, and they had him last year again. Not, they don't have a guy like him either. You know.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Well, that wraps up most of it. Uh, we'll play a little buy sell hold here at the end, and I'll ask you a couple of stupid questions. But before that, hey guys. Boneheads or uh, what is what is the other Bo- thing?
0: Or bonehounds. Bonehounds. I mean, <laughs> Boneheads. I'm all behind it, but bonehounds <laughs> need a place somewhere too. They're they're fans too. Okay.
1: That's that's my wrestling name, man. Bonehound for sure. Um, remember to check out my bookie. Um, use the promo code Capital Boys25 and check out Tick Splits as well. Capital Armchair promo code. Let's jump into some buy, sell, hold. I'll Got Ask it. You, you. Tell me if you're gonna buy, sell, or hold. I'm not very good at this. Usually Scott comes up with these, so we'll see if they're any good. You can make fun of me really hard if they
0: suck. We'll so see how it goes.
1: One, buy, sell, or hold. The field wins the Big 12 Conference regular season.
0: Uh, hold. I'm not gonna say hold every time because it's lame. It but, is lame. But I should have
1: just said buy or sell. You take it out.
0: Take it out. Say I can't do it. Start right. over. I can't, you can't do it. Okay. I can't do it. Right. Buy or sell.
1: Buy, buy or sell. The field wins the Big 12 Conference regular season title.
0: Buy.
1: Ooh, that's yeah. gutsy. Yeah, I, like I know, it. I know.
0: I like it. I know. know. There's a lot of hope in that, but buy.
1: All right, buy or sell. K-State final Big 12 record,
0: 11-7. and seven. Is that like, you mean like, that better or worse than that, you no, mean? like or? I see,
1: that's probably better as like an over-under, right?
0: You're right. I mean, I see your point. Like, I mean, you could say, you know, yeah, would it be better than that? Like, buy or sell better than 11-7, you know? Okay, we'll do that. Oh uh, uh, man, well, so I'm picking to go either twelve and six or ten and eight in that scenario. Uh, I think twelve and six is more likely, so buy, buy it again.
1: Wow, twelve and six. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be pretty happy with that.
0: Oh, I would probably be happy with it too.
1: Okay, now I don't know. Well, would they have to
0: go to go twelve? They're four and two, so they'd have to go eight and four the rest of the way to go twelve and six, and that's pretty good. Yeah, that's doable. Mm-hmm. But it's doable, right? I mean, and your next two are Tech at home and out of Oklahoma State. If you get those two, then you don't have to go 6-4 and four the rest of the way.
1: And we got a pretty good stretch there for a little while after you know, after Tech. I mean, we obviously have KU in there, but,
0: yeah, well, that's doable. They might, go, they might go 16 and should be 16-2. I feel like that should be the question. Jeez, that would be amazing.
1: <laughs> All right, next question. K-State finishes top three.
0: Um, I mean I, I'm being such a homer here but bye I mean I believe it though I, I mean I'm buying that let's go yeah top three give it to me yep I'm in there All yeah right. they're next you know you've got look at this you got Tech at home you know that's tough game but at home winnable at Oklahoma State they're terrible you know uh, KU at home and that's tough but then Baylor Texas Iowa State West Virginia Oklahoma State that's the next group after that I mean holy cow you could you could do some work
1: yeah, uh, winning on the road is tough.
0: Yeah.
1: But, hey, we're making light work of it recently, so.
0: Seems easy, yeah.
1: All right, K-State makes the sweet 16.
0: Okay, I'm going to sell. Uh, I'm going to sell, even though, you know, this makes no sense to everything I've done. It's um, hard, man. Yeah, it's just so hard. Yeah, I just feel like I'm safe to say sell. Like, you know, if, if it was, like, three weeks from now and, we're, and having, like, a, well, it'd be longer. But if we're having, like, a fun tourney prediction, Bosco's show. I'm probably picking them in the national championship, but right now, buy or sell, I'll sell that.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Because of the depth, like you've talked about, you've kinda, you kind of you kind of sold me on that. Like, uh, I just uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: The depth is going to wake up eventually. Well, now I'm buying. Surely, that surely. I mean, it's
0: that, e- it's that easy to turn me around.
1: The starters have woken up. It's ta- it's going to take a little time, but I feel like we're going to get more out of our out of our bench eventually. Yeah, um, man. All right, next question. K State has a player on the first team All Big Twelve team.
0: I think buy. Yeah, buy. I think Barry Brown's in great shape for that. And, of course, Dean Wade will have a shot, too. So buy. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that up.
1: I really hope Barry gets on there. I think he deserves it more than too. more than anyone. OK, this is a this is a, a stupid one here.
0: Good. Good.
1: Actually, it's not. K-State crowd sells out against Texas Tech.
0: Mm, that is a good question. I'm going to say sell. I don't think they'll sell it out. It's ironic that it sell for sell it out. But I think it'll be great. I think it'll be a good crowd. I think the students will be great. It'll make a difference, but I don't think they'll sell it out now.
1: I sure hope so, man. We need it. We need to doom every home game. We, we, yeah, can't, we can't lose yeah. at home again. I mean, no. you just can't lose at home in this conference.
0: And that's what these fans have to understand. Like, if they want this team to win a Big 12. I mean, again, you, you said it earlier. I'll go on a little rant here. Kansas has the best advantage in the Big 12 by far at home. And they, they've earned that. You know, I mean, yeah, is it easy to be a fan of a team that's one fourteen straight? Sure. But I mean they make that atmosphere what it is. And if K State wants to stop that streak and win the Big Twelve, they can't lose at home. And fans have an impact on that. So I'm with you. Like I think I think if if you want to end that streak, go do your part to end it, man. Not you. I know you will, you know, but like go do your part.
1: I won't actually, but
0: oh. you, know, I, well, you, would if you could.
1: I can't really make many games, but
0: you don't live here. Okay. There's a lot of people who live in Manhattan, right? You know, I think the population is above 11,000. So if you want to make a difference,
1: <laughs> I'm working on, up. I'm working on getting to the Texas Tech game. I'm, I'm looking into it. Yeah, you All should.
0: Right. You could stay here.
1: You're going to like this one. Sandstorm is played during the Texas Tech game.
0: Oh, this is a great one. I, and I tell you what, I think this is a surprisingly easy buy. I think Gene Taylor knows when to hit the Sandstorm button, and uh, I think he's going to hit it against the Red Raiders.
1: Do you think Gene has, like, his own personal, like, Sandstorm button, kind of like a nuke? Pretty much. Brief- like the nuke briefcase?
0: Pretty much, yep. I think he's got it. You know, it has got to be more portable these days, you know, than the old nuke, nuke briefcase. But there's probably an app on his phone, I imagine, that just says Sandstorm or Do It or something like that. And I think he just hits that and bam, there it is. <laughs>
1: God, that would be awesome. I would love to see that button.
0: Yeah. And his finger, just picture his finger hovering over it, you know, and he's thinking, like, is this the right time?
1: And he's just, like, like, pouring sweat.
0: Right. (laughs) Exactly. He's like, we're up four. Do I waste it here? (laughs) You know? You you only get get, one. You only get get one. one. Right. Yeah.
1: And this is not basketball related, but Chris Kleiman makes a bowl game next year.
0: I will make a purchase of that and buy it. Um... You know, and I think that would be a quite an accomplishment, but I think they're going to end up being deeper. You know, they were playing at one point last year with something like sixty nine scholarship players and five of those were walk ons. They gave scholars to I think this year. I mean, I think this year they might play in the the mid to you know low 80s in scholarship players. So the depth will be there. Um, I think the team will be more bought in. I don't think they'll be great. You know, I think six wins might be about the ceiling. Uh, and then the rebuild of the roster is going to be a big challenge in 2020 and 2021 that he can do. You know, I'm not, I'm not uh, denying it. But yeah, I'm buying it. I think they'll be better than people think next year. And if that's six or seven wins, that might be all it is. But yeah, they'll be, it will be in a bowl game. What would you have said?
1: Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I, <sighs> that's a nice one to have a hold on. Um, I, I mean, I probably buy. I don't, <laughs> it I don't is. think. I don't think that six wins is like out of the realm of possibility. We've returned. We should have had six wins this year, probably. Right. And we were god awful. I mean. Right. Exactly. We were so so bad, pretty much throughout the entire year. We only put it together against probably Oklahoma State and maybe who else? Who even knows? But um, Iowa State
0: for three quarters.
1: Iowa State for three quarters. Let's not talk about Iowa State.
0: Um, Let's we'll talk about Iowa State though. Let's talk about Hilton Coliseum. That's and how that experience was the losers. Yeah, that was great.
1: Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's I don't know. I think we'll probably go to a bowl. I think six wins is doable. Um, but I just who knows? Who knows how climbing? I know he's a I know he's a great coach, but who knows how he's going to acclimate to right you know, the Big Twelve speed game in game out better athletes. You know better coaches. It's just going to be a different a different animal for him. And I'm I can you wait can see. you.
0: Maybe you can take over writing slogans for the Big 12 instead of "One True Champion." Yours was "Better Athletes, Better Coaches." It's the Big 12.
1: <laughs> well, certainly better than uh, you know. What is the what is the one, that he the son? One
0: true champion.
1: Oh well, right. That's just.
0: Been, I had a pretty good. A, I had a, a hilariously a F...
1: ironic. Uh, one. I had a pretty good. FCA. So many ties recently, but.
0: And I think they were pushing it the year that TCU and Baylor had the big tie. I have a pretty good slogan for the FCS, if you want to hear it, that I came up with when yeah, I was in Frisco. Because, you know, they only have 65 scholarships in the FCS, or 63, something like that. 63, I think it is. Um, I was like, well, they play with less. And I said, well, less is more. And then everyone started laughing. And I said, I'm going to tell the FCS guys. I'm sure they would love it. You FCS think, football, less is more.
1: Absolutely pitch that to the to the higher-ups <laughs> at the FCS. See
0: how offended how offended they are by that. I meant it, it in the nicest possible way, though.
1: All right, man. We got one more question. It's not okay. related to anything. It's just, a, it's just a random would you rather. I want to see where you stand here. Okay. Would you rather – I couldn't find a good one. Would you <laughs> rather have a magic hat that can teleport you anywhere you want and time Ooh. travel to any time period yes, instantly? That's really good. Or a magic ring that when you touch any book, you absorb all the knowledge inside of it instantly?
0: Now – this comes off really easy to me, and I'll be interested to hear your answer because I w- this might show how stupid I am. I'm doing the teleport all day, every day. Imagine I, not even the cool stuff, like going back in time to watch, you know, like the last time, case they beat Texas Tech in basketball or something. <laughs> um, but, like, imagine, like, oh, gosh, do I really want to do this pod today with Matt? You know, like, oh, I could put my hat on and be there. You know, like, that would just be so beneficial. The learning, yeah, that would be all well and good. But oh, the teleporting gets you out of so many jams,
1: yeah, into so probably, many jams,
0: teleporting. Right. That was teleporting. like the first
1: one that came up, and it was just
0: – I bet there's other people who would do the book thing.
1: Well, there's definitely, there's, other... there's definitely big benefits to the book. I mean you can basically do whatever you want if, if you can absorb that knowledge, and right. I don't know. I mean it's going to set you up pretty well, but I mean you can just cheat, cheat the whole world if you have the ability That's to the time thing. travel, which is a book... lot easier.
0: Is the book ring, while incredibly um, convenient and helpful, in theory, you can already read books. You know what I mean? Like you don't. I mean, you have to spend the time <laughs> doing who it. But you, it. right. But I mean, who does it? I know I don't. But I mean, like you could do that. Like there's no possible way for me right now to transport back to like 1988 and kick Danny Manning in the knee. You know, like. That's true. I mean, like I'm just saying, one gives you a chance to do something that's impossible, while the other one just makes you, like, really smart in a more convenient way.
1: Yeah, that's true. All right, how about, how about this one? How about this hey. one? We'll end on a better one. I don't know if this is any better, but would you rather have an insane, obsessive person love you or an insane, hmm. obsessive person hate you?
0: Boy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, that is a very good question. I think hate I mean, because that's kind of fun and motivating, you know, because, you know, that happens. I mean, and so that's good. Well, on the love side, I don't know if there's anything positive. You'd have to take advantage of them, you know, to get anything good out of that relationship. (laughs) And that would feel bad. And, like, I assume they're going to be around you a lot. Um, Give me the hate one.
1: Okay. Well, I think both, ah, both are bad. Both are real bad. Yeah. I mean, let's look at it objectively here both of them both instances your your life is probably somewhat in danger um (laughs) that's true that's true i would say i'm gonna go with love because i feel like that person would be easier to manipulate because the hate person is just gonna i mean they're gonna all they want to do is hurt you at that point right
0: there's no winning with the hate person there's no winning there's no The love person at least yeah is less likely to probably kill you
1: (laughs) All right. I guess that's going to wrap up the show. Thanks for coming on, man. Go ahead and plug all your stuff.
0: Oh, I mean, I would appreciate it. I would say all the same places you said, because they sounded good, like the bookie place and everything, you know. But no, just case, case it online. I uh, would appreciate you taking a look at the site. There's a lot of free stuff on there. If you don't want to subscribe, You put a look at our YouTube channel. It's always free and everything goes on there first. So uh, take that a look at our case it on YouTube channel and um, maybe follow Flanders on Twitter. Because no one really does, and and if you're so, if you want to be nice to him and, and ask him some dumb questions, I'm sure he'll he'll ask he'll answer all of them. I think it's at Grant Flanders, so that's that's the three I'm going to push today. He is the second best Grant that I know, but still in the top two. Oh wow, that's so okay. I mean it too. I'd, I'd say that if he was sitting right in this room, I would tell him that. Poor,
1: poor Flando,
0: man. I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, guys, go ahead and follow Matt if you don't already. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this already knows pretty much everything about K-State Online. I got a lot of catching up to do, so sorry if we re- if I re- uh, you know you didn't we you didn't covered anything that you have already covered. Um, but check them out. Um, K-State Online is probably the best place to be for K-State news right now. Um, I don't, no one else is really worth mentioning if you ask me. Um, <laughs> you guys have been real good to us, so thanks for coming on. It's a sh- I wish I could have done it in person today, but it's, you know, it's too cold out anyways.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's terrible out there. You know. No, and this was great because since I did this, like, Nats went to the store without me. And I got to just sit at home and say, oh, I got to interview. And um, so, no, this was great. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah.
1: Well, now you're also prepared for another Skype one in the future.
0: That's we, true. We, oh, it's ready to go. I might we have use this figured all day. it I'm... out.
1: Yeah. Well, you got to download, like, a Skype recorder thing, which
0: kind of sucks, but
1: you know what? It works, Matt. Thanks for coming on. Um, yes, sir. Appreciate you. Um,
0: hey. Hey. You get me. to feel better, man.
1: I will. I'm, I'm on the way back. I'm on the way back. But I go Cats. It. Let's beat Texas Tech. Meet me at the Cat Head. <laughs>
2: Refuse to be held down anymore Inside. They really don't have nowhere to go. Ask them where they're going. They don't know. But we won't let nothing hold us back. We're gonna put our shirt together. We're gonna polish up our rag Wow. And if you are